once again, everyone, welcome to an all-new Drunk Friend episode, episode 111. I'm back, and I'm here joined by my good pal, Alex. Alex, it's been so long. How's it been? Who are you again? This is me, your cousin Trav. Oh, you have cousin Trav here. I'm from upstate. Here, I, got some, I got some things to tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, I went into old prospector voice there for some reason. But, I like uh, it. That's good. That's You haven't brought prospector <laughs> guy out before. Just I like don't him. have to open up your mouth a whole lot when you talk. That's, uh, that's all that goes. That's how that impression <laughs> is done. You just keep your mouth closed while you talk. <laughs> I do love doing an old man voice. No, it's good to hear your voice. Oh yeah, I lo- I love old men. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, although, I mean, I gotta say that uh, that Captain Drachma, that Seth, he did a good job in my stead. I was getting a little uneasy. Like, hey, maybe uh, maybe I should get back on the episodes before they kick me off for good. Well, he's handsome too. I know. You know? What a devil. He's a looker. He's gonna steal your woman. He's 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 gonna do a macho man Randy Savage elbow drop on. On your opponent, on, on your worst enemy, yeah, dude. Men res- men respect him. <laughs> I, know, I don't want to. I don't want to brag out of turn, but I get to share a hotel room with the guy this weekend. What? Do you really? Yeah. We're which gonna, which uh, thing is that? We're going to be at too many games there in the old old oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Do yeah. you have your uh, sights set on any particular? like console or anything uh, like know, that. You know, I've all in, in this it's probably there's not going to be one at too many games, but I've been looking for a CDI for a long time and I'm just hmm I'm just hoping I come across a CDI at some point in my life. If that happens to be at too many games, that's fine. If not, we'll continue to to look around. We'll find it eventually. I find that funny because I I can't help but like cross the streams here a little bit and mm-hmm. be like, you know, like if it, like I'm a Vikings fan, so it, it would be like, you know, I'm looking for uh, a 19, 1989 Vikings season, you know, where we go six and ten, and we draft, <laughs> we end up drafting some crappy player. Like that's that's all I want. That's all I'm looking for. It's like you're you're deliberately looking for like a bad product. In other words, it's an it's an interesting uh, product. I Me, mean, it is bad m- most likely, but I actually have it like- is an. Int- it's definitely an, you're right on that. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting relic. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't expect to get the uh, the big heavy hitting Zelda games at least not anytime soon because they're they're quite pricey. But uh, I did come across uh, like a good stack of CDI games for dirt cheap not long ago. So I have games. I'm ready to go. I just need the freaking <laughs> uh, console to get going. Which what do you have any notable games for that? Like for example, the only. The only game that stands out for me as notable is the "Do you know how to fly?" game, where that. Oh, I don't know. Ball- is that a AVGN? Yes, that's an AVGN thing. Is that a CDI game or is that like a Jaguar game? I forget. Those all blend together for me. That might be a Jaguar game. Gotcha. Well, I do. I have a handful, but I do have one that is uh, interesting. It's called Mutant Rampage Body Slam. Oh, I I know that game. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, it's it's very ambitious, if I remember correctly. That's crazy that that's one that you actually know. That's awesome. So yeah, that's that's one that I was in my stack. And there's also a game that I have called Voyeur that I'm actually really skeptical about. But uh oh, it's got a. Uh, it looks like it might be like a mystery solvey game, but just by the name, it seems like kind of filthy. But 
We'll see. Well, yeah, I mean... I'm down for it. it. Can there be a classy game called Voyeur? That is a good point. I didn't even... Yeah. What am am I thinking over here? I'm I'm down for the filth. Let's, Let's do it. So yeah, uh, I'm into I'm into curiosities. So the CDI is uh-huh. certainly a curiosity. Yeah, that's that's interesting. CDI, like I, uh, other than the Zelda stuff and Hotel Mario, what other CDI title? There's like what is it called, Tempest 2000 or something like that? I, I think, think that's that's on Jaguar. There might be one on CDI. God, I get those confused all the time. Yeah. No, just on Jaguar. I mean, it does have like other like lots of those FMV you know titles from the heyday like who shot johnny yeah. rock it's got a lot of ports and stuff gotcha. um yeah yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes i don't suspect i'll be coming home with one but you never know hmm. i put it out in the universe Fing- maybe the universe will return a favor fingers crossed i guess so uh but yeah i mean you know you guys were having fun over here what was it like uh podcasting with old seth would you trade me in for him trade him in for me whichever is appropriate <laughs> No. Okay. What kind of question is that? I'm, I'm not going to cheat. I, I, it's, it was just a summer fling. That's all it was? All right. All right. <laughs> you guys are getting pretty comfortable. I just pop into the chat. And you guys were talking like you've been podcasting for years. And I was like, guys, forget uh, about funny. your boy. It does feel good to be back. Uh, go go, Hokies. Uh, we, need, <laughs> we, 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 need, we need a Hokie back in the fold here. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, we, we need some Beamer talk. We need... Uh, I was reading some, uh, some like, preseason, uh, you know, you know, you read the stuff. You read the preseason fluff about your team. And, man, I got to say, all of the stuff written about my team is so painstakingly optimistic. I'm like, why? Why is... And it's because we're coming off, like, a three-win season. They're like, this year, they're, they're gunning down. They're going to get five. We, we know it. We're going to get five wins <laughs> this year. And I'm like, guys, come on, pump the brakes. It's a tough schedule. We got, we got Duke again. We got, we got some, we got some tough teams. <laughs> I was going to say, it depends on like the ACC, doesn't it? Like it's, if the ACC is decent, then uh, a team that doesn't have as much talent, I well, sound like I, I appreciate Madden you saying the most thinking obvious the thing. ACC could be decent. Like that was nice of you to say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, uh, well, by decent, I mean like Pac-12 decent, <laughs> like not SEC or Big Ten decent. Right. Yeah. Well, the upper echelon of the Big Ten, it falls off pretty sharp at some point. But, uh, but yeah, you know, well, I'm looking forward to it now that I've I read one fluff piece that said uh, we won't be terrible. <laughs> it's all it takes. I'm in. Yeah, they're basically like there will be worse teams, and I was like, shit, let's do it then. Yeah. That'll be fun. Uh, when is that? Like six months from now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> first. Is... I don't know. Into uh, August, I guess. So yeah, it's always, you know, June's yeah. a weird month because it feels like football season is in November when you're in June, but it's like right around the corner. It's not too far from now. Yeah, especially uh, considering that there is nothing on the sports calendar right now. Uh, you got uh, Joey Chestnut going for the uh, hot dog eating record oh, yeah. on Fourth of July, scarping down them dogs. It. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the White Sox the, don't have a team anymore. I don't think so. I don't have to worry oh, about that. Oh, they don't. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I think they I, I'm sorry to hear that. R.I.P. White Sox. Yeah, man, it's but, rough. Uh, rough go. Yeah, that's tough. But uh, anyway, uh, we got this first email here from Rory. Let's get into emails here. Uh, let's I do it. Transition somewhat. No, transition after you do it. That's what I like doing. <laughs> right. Uh, we have no subject line from Rory. Uh, he says, hey, drunk pals, I was wondering if we could hope to see a SNES drunk and NES friend Let's Play collab in the future. 
I think it would be a hit. I was also wondering if you guys are video... Ch oh, let me actually back up. I forgot he goes into a different thing here. But, yeah, we just did that. We just did a Let's Play yeah. collab. And we talked for... about doing another one. If he's like, I like that one, do another one. Yeah, we thought we may, we'd probably do another one. That was pretty fun. Yeah. It was for Dusty Diamond All-Star Softball for the NES. Yeah. And it's it's on we did two sessions. One is on my channel and one is on Trav's channel. And uh I think we can do another one. Uh I would like it to be the thing is with the way we record this stuff is uh through retro arch and sometimes that stuff can be lag heavy. Uh mm -hmm. So, so you can't do games like Contra. You can't do like quick action games. You can't do shoot 'em ups. But I think for games, for games like baseball, <clears throat> excuse me, for games like uh, baseball, softball, whatever sports, it can work. Mm -hmm. But for games like uh, Contra, not so much. But I think games like Jackal yeah. would be a good. Uh, Go between. What do you think about that, dude? That's a good idea. And Jackal's an amazing two-player game. One of the best on the system. Very understated. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's plan on that. Uh, I'm gonna mark it on the old calendar here. Sure. Don't even give me a date. You're just gonna write I'm it. I'm not on even gonna give you a date. I'm just gonna <laughs> write it on somebody's calendar. It's not even my calendar. It's somebody else's calendar. Pearl's like, why do you have written Jackal <laughs> on August 15th? <laughs> All I'm gonna write is the word Jackal. It's gonna be on a calendar somewhere. That's it. Uh, that's fun. Awesome. Well, that but, uh, thanks, Rory. You got some ducks in a row for us there. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, check that video out if you haven't already. <laughs> Although I have to admit this email was probably from like 2019 at this point <laughs> because I I can't remember uh, when these emails are from. But uh, you want to read this uh, next one from Corey? Oh, we uh, we got to get the second or half we of Rory. We want to go in into 2020. I'm sorry. We got more from Rory. Yeah. Don't leave Rory hanging, oh, man. Rory. Can you imagine Jim Ross trying to say the name Rory? Rory! Dude, I, I will interject because the name Rory is heavy on my mind right now. My favorite comedian currently is Rory Scovel, and I'm getting to see him at the end of next month with some dudes from our Discord, and I'm super stoked. But what oh, if no way. What if this is an email from Rory Scovel? What? <laughs> what? What? Rory! Rory! <laughs> Excuse me, Rory! I'm sorry, I'm in Jim Ross mode right now. King! I'm talking about Rory! King! <laughs> Jim Ross. It's like Jim Ross is here. Hey, Jim. Hey, 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 hey Trav. How's it going? <laughs> uh, <laughs> buy my barbecue sauce, King. But uh, I was also wondering if you guys are video chatting when you podcast or if you are just audio calling. What does the behind the scenes setup look like? Thanks, Rory. Yeah, Rory. It's uh, it's just audio chat. Alex won't show me his face. He made me earn it. No. He he had to come Remember to MacFest. <laughs> Remember that one time I showed up, though? Oh, yeah. Like, on camera? Yeah, I was like, what in the hell? That's because, uh, yeah, I, I w already had my work set up for some sort of stupid web seminar thing that I had to sit through. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just going to keep this on for Trav and... And shock him. And sure enough, you were shocked. I didn't know what to you do. Were shocked. I didn't know what to do. I was yeah. like, do I, am I allowed to look at my monitor? I don't know what to do. Yeah, it was weird. And I'm glad it was weird because that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, most of the time, 
or actually 100% of the time since then yeah, and before <laughs> pretty then, much, yeah. uh, audio calling. Yeah. And we just do it over Discord. Just a couple yeah. Discord chatting dudes. So that's that's the behind the scenes. That's right. That's behind the scenes. And that's not that interesting. Although my behind the scenes on my end is a bunch of cables running all over in a bunch of different directions. It's like Pee-wee's big adventure with his <laughs> breakfast machine. <laughs> uh, trying to get this set up going here. But... Uh, yeah, I'm not very tech affluent when it comes to hardware. I, I I don't really care when it comes to that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. From my end, it's pretty crazy. But uh, from your end, I don't know. But, yeah. Similar. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of cables. Can't get by without cables these days. But, anyway, we got another email from Corey. Corey says, dear drunk friend, just talking to one of us. I guess we'll have to guess which one. Huh. He says, I just wanted to say thank you for reading my last email on the podcast, whenever that was. I realized it was a bit on the long side, but I wasn't sure if I would ever come up with anything for a second message. Since I'm here now, it's obvious that I did, although this one is much more spontaneous and kind of random. Anyways, my question for Alex is, in your video for the most expensive SNES games, why is the background noise for Mountain Bike Rally so loud? This is the only time in SNES Drunk history that I can recall where the sound effects in the background are kind of distracting. I'm going to stop right there. Alex, what's going on with that mountain bike rally video? Would you forget to level the audio? <laughs> you know, this is one of those things where I wish I had like an actual explanation <laughs> for something like this. Like, I wish I could be like, well, here's what happened. Like, mm -hmm. a guy came to my door and then my dog attacked him and uh, he was, yeah, he got into his aorta and then zombies came up Gee. from my garden and what they a all, and all hell broke loose. And then a, a priest said the, the, the power of Christ compels you and it like started like going after these zombies, but it didn't work. And then vampires came out out of spite and I don't know, it's, it's, it's no, I the re the answer, <laughs> Mr. Corey, is that I forgot to do it the correct way. Oh, like, I I just didn't hear it. That's all. That's the only reason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not more dramatic than that. But the only answer is that I forgot. Yeah, you know what? The thing that I really appreciate about Buzzsprout, our podcast hosting service, is that if you flub up the audio somehow, some way, on accident. You can upload over top of your very old audio, and it'll it'll keep the same link. It'll keep the same stats. It just replaces the audio. You can't do that with video. If you make a goof and you upload it, and a thousand <laughs> people see it, you can't replace it unless you want to <laughs> erase all of that traction. That sucks. Right. Yeah, exactly right. So it's lazier. It's easier. <laughs> so why not do it that way? Yeah. I, I appreciate that Corey is such a fan that he was like, man, you've been perfect for 900 videos but that one mountain bike rally one wasn't <laughs> i just i i don't know that was uh, uh, what what when was that like 2015 2016 what year is it <laughs> right now back. i don't i don't know <laughs> that's fun uh all right he also says uh also does it happen often that you are interrupted by anything people or dogs to a point where you have to stop and re-record the audio for your videos or should everyone assume your recordings are all first takes you have uh, you have a comment there. Is that there? just for me? Yeah, I mean, you can take, you can go at it. So you have dogs. So do your dogs ever interrupt your recording sessions? Yeah, sometimes, but it's not a big deal. I I am so meticulous when I record audio that I'm used to just editing 
to the second, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. so I can take something that is, you know, blah, 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 barking <laughs> at the UPS guy or something and then cut it out. It's, it's not that big of a deal to just yeah. edit that out. It's pretty simple stuff. Yeah, I am. Uh, I don't. I mean, I do like one take, but I, I like trip over my words constantly. So it's all I don't know what you would consider a first take, but yeah. not here. I'm always tongue tying. Yeah. And doing things over again, M- much like just now when I was trying to say tongue tying, I was like, I wish I could edit that yeah, and fix yeah. it because it sounds stupid. Um, but yeah, all right. So uh, he says, by the way, thank you for reviewing and praising Super Bowling because I love that game so much. As for Trav, I'm curious as to how you would argue the NES is superior to the Super Nintendo. First, course, I wouldn't argue that. I would just say I like You the, wouldn't? No. The NES was just the console I fell in love with as a kid. The, the Super Nintendo is way better. I just didn't have one. Wait a second, though. We we need to do the the ESPN Fox Sports. Like we need to take sides. We oh, need to be like, we got to be like I have to Sh- Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, or whatever. Gotcha. Okay, we need to be like Stephen A. Smith and whoever. Listen, Kabuki uh, Quantum Fighter is way better than any <laughs> platformer on the Super Nintendo. Point to one platformer on the Super Nintendo that holds a candle to fucking Kabuki Quantum Fighter. <laughs> that is blasphemous. <laughs> I can't believe you would say something like that. I can't believe it. How many unbelievable? How many games on the Super Nintendo have Bo Jackson in it? Do they, is, <laughs> does does that you know what? Super Bowl have? There one? is a game. Ah, Bill Walsh College Football has Damn. the '84 Auburn Tigers, where you can be Bo Jackson, and that is son of a that, bitch. That is a true fact. I almost said take that. Yeah, I almost said Michael Jordan because the NES has Jordan versus Bird, but there's like literally a Michael Jordan platformer <laughs> on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, but you're throwing baseballs at people and stuff. That's that's not fun. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's basically what that would sound like is, you know, debate TV with with the, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Do do we really need that in in gaming? In games that existed 30 years ago? I mean, I I often just admire the NES because it did so much with so little, but a lot of those games are fucking garbage. I know that. That's I just like digging through junk. I'm just a trash hound. <laughs> anyway, Corey goes on to say, the NES may have been uh, my very first console, but I've become more of a Super NES fan since the moment I owned and played it. Anytime I go through your videos, I am reminded of how many legitimately good games are on the NES, yet I can't help but think about how the Super Nintendo has one of the greatest game libraries ever. To me, it's like the perfect console, and I'm still going back to play those games all the time, even though I could easily do the same for NES games. So what would your case be for someone who prefers 16-bit over 8-bit games? And yes... I hope you have. Uh, I hope you two have a great rest of your days. Yeah, man. I just think you know, ESPN drama aside, uh, the Super Nintendo is a much more well-rounded console with a very the, probably right, probably the best video game library. Well, it's 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 one of those things where it feels like the people that worked on the NES were able to refine their craft exactly, yeah, appro- appropriately on the SNES. So it would only make sense that one is, you know, seen as better than the other. But at the same time, the NES still did certain things. Uh, It still did simplicity. Like, I'm still playing Punch-Out. So good. uh, More than, 
more than Super Punch-Out. Super Punch-Out is fine for what it is. It's good. I would much rather play Punch-Out, the original. Wow. It's just sometimes there's games like that that for everybody. That's that's just my example right there. Yeah. No, that is, that's a good example. I mean, you, you got to also just look at how many franchises the linchpin franchises for nintendo all started on the nes like it's it's kind of crazy to think that metroid mario zelda kirby all started on the nes and continue to this day it's kind of nuts well yeah exactly and not only that but it's like it's become a point of criticism for people because it's like oh that's all you do now it's just mario zelda kirby's it's the same old stuff it's like yeah but they're using that same framework and template and context to you know just look at freaking tears of the kingdom like the, the physics in that game compared to like you know they're using this i don't know i'm, I'm just rambling here, i mean but, that's a good uh, point it's like they you know they, yeah. they use the use the zelda universe and the characters but yeah exactly the zelda lore they they lent it's lend itself well to that particular format right so it's interesting to yeah. To see, you know, people. I, I still maybe I'm a maybe that's a straw man kind of a thing. Maybe those people are, don't exist. <laughs> like, uh, but still, it's it's like I I still have that voice in my head that's like Nintendo's just all the same stuff all the time every year, same franchises. It's like, yeah, but those franchises are innovating and right, like yeah. seriously pu- pushing the envelope big time. Exactly. Yeah, and I have heard people say those things and that's fine i think i think some people are also put off by nintendo just because they see it as just colorful kitty games and they want their high fidelity realistic looking simulation type games which is fine everybody's got a taste but man you can't you can't knock nintendo for uh being not like not being innovative have you like seen a switch well that's the thing it's like nintendo noped out of the hardware war like uh 20 years ago it it admitted defeat back in like the freaking gamecube days when it's like okay microsoft is involved well we're nintendo we can't compete with freaking microsoft (laughs) for for console hardware come on but uh yeah it's uh like their resources versus our resources that sort of thing but uh i do like nintendo you know when they do get an idea it's usually like, it's never the direction that anybody ever expects or wants them to go. Like, the GameCube example, it's like, all right, yeah. so, you know, Xbox and uh, or, or Sony and Microsoft, they're going to be releasing these home consoles that are be, you know, super powerful. They're going to use discs. They're going to, uh, you know, very likely play DVDs and movies in the, in the near future. And Nintendo was like, all right, uh, what if we make a lunchbox and we put a tiny disc in it? <laughs> and we just call that a GameCube, and uh, we ship that out, and it looks like not as good as the other stuff, but still, you know, Mario and stuff. And they were like, that's amazing. Let's do that. Let's do what no one wants us to do, and it somehow still work, right? Well, to a certain extent, it's like they kind of have to do that because Yeah, they, they can't go head-to-head, right? They can't go head-to-head with, with regular stuff, with, with hardware versus hardware, it's like that's pointless. Like, so to to hear people like say like, "Oh, hardware doesn't match up." It's like, yeah, that's the po- it, they know that. <laughs> that's part of it. They ran the old end around, right? Yeah, uh, and they they lean into other things, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Like 
the Wii U did not work. Yeah, that might have been more uh, of a marketing fail than a. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible name. Yeah. That's another subject entirely. But mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it works though, and sometimes it doesn't. True that. The NES, uh, forever in my heart, number one. But objectively, come on now, Super Nintendo's way better. Ah, it's a bunch of crap. I'm just kidding. All right, we have a, we have another email here, and Alex, I'm gonna have to let you read it, man, because I can't make heads or tails of what's going on in this one. Sure. Okay. All right. So this is from my friend Gretchen. Uh, she uh, is a friend that I've known for over 20 years. Wow. Uh, going way back to the, the old high school days. Uh, is or how long ago was that? Almost 30 years. Uh, somewhere in that range. And she says. She calls this email the economic disaster of Trevor McFur and goes on to say, I got the I got to the episode with the dude talking about Trevor McFur for the Jaguar. So I looked up, so I looked it up on eBay because I want this every furry game with a physical version at some point. Don't judge me. I'm sure you like some cringe shit, too. Now, shut up. Unopened, it's <laughs> wow. like $85. That's shockingly low. Why do I say that? Because on top of the retro games bubble, it's a furry game. Furry games instantly go for five times the price of an equivalent rarity. Furries pay over $1,000 for a few pages of not-safe-for-work not art and gladly wait in line a year for it. 600 bucks minimum for Tail Concerto NTSC UC isn't shocking to me in this market. Travis McFlurry <laughs> must be fucking awful. Wow. Eh, ahem. Firstly, the ca- the cover screams furry bait, but in that era, no one would pick furry stuff off the shelf of Electronics Boutique and bring it to the counter. Second, the art is terrible. If this were <laughs> someone posting their own art to Twitter or something, they'd get praise and encouragement, but asking $60 <laughs> and you have to show it to that clerk? No! I can't think of a furry or a furry-ass game that isn't priced out of the pockets of most collectors. It's actually possible and I'm not joking, that a cabal of furs are are manipulating the market so normies can't get them. Apparently, they <laughs> want y'all to have Trayvon McElroy. I want to have it on my shelf so I can laugh at it uproariously like my copy of Jesus the Terrifying Bio-Monster. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and I know what I know what she's referring to there because that's a that's a Japanese uh, Sega Master System game. Oh shit! And, I gotta uh, have it. Yeah, I got. I, I need to. Uh, I need to comment on something here, uh, real quick, because uh, Gretchen, in the midst of that rant, she talked about um, uh, game prices, and she refers to this as a bubble. And she says it's a bubble. No group of investors is smart enough to engineer artificial scarcity without collusion with consequences for breaking the rules. Basically, the mafia can pull that shit off, but not jerks on eBay. And it's like, yeah, fine. But in normal circumstances, the retro gaming market is not a normal circumstance. The group of investors you're referring to are on an island. It's a totally different thing. It doesn't compare to other. That's that's not a good analogy. But is this anyway, how you and Gretchen like interact normally? You just yeah, shouting. Th- this is, okay, this awesome. Is, this is Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, she goes on to say, yes, I said furries could and would do market manipulation, but furries literally had a privately funded public library open in a town soon after a mayor banned LB or I'm sorry, LGBT plus books from government funded library. No sign off on that email. Just that's what it was. <laughs> and the uh, end. Love to hear from, from Gretchen. You know, I do have to say, Alex, this might surprise you. Our boy, Steve 
you know, Blink from the Polyco podcast. That's right. Huge, and I'm going to say fan of Trevor McFur. We we all think it might be Stockholm Syndrome. Is that what it was? It, I think I think that must have been the episode, yeah. Yeah, because not, not a big... You know, I I don't take Steve for being like you know of of the the furry crowd. Uh, I think what happened was he really wanted to beat the game and it got personal. And then after he beat it, it was torturous. And he was like, "Yeah, I liked it." You know, it was one of those where you just kind of fall in love with your captor. I think that's what happened with Trevor McFur. No one loves Trevor McFur. I I, I think uh, that that's that's cool to hear. First of all, but um, <laughs> I, I think Gretchen just use that as a diving board to talk about furry stuff yeah i just i had to defend slash okay. dunk on steve a little bit but yeah i <laughs> man if i if i know you from your nba jam days you you know you love to dunk on people that's right man Boom. uh i Boom. i first of all i didn't hear about I, I don't even this is my first day hearing about jesus the terrifying bio monster i've never googled something so hard you've in my never fucking googled life. that before oh my I'm god i'm googling it right now i i couldn't figure out what window i wanted to google it in. i was i panicked <laughs> gretchen also said i need a copy of jesus too you're telling me there's a fucking sequel to jesus the terrifying <laughs> yeah. Bio? yeah it's basically uh if i remember correctly it's for, it's it's a japanese only game for uh uh you know those old not Amiga, just like the Japanese Virga version of Amiga, you know, like a MSX, like w those personal computer systems. Um, so there, yeah, there was a Jesus and a Jesus Two. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I found it right here on Destructoid. Amazing. Yeah, pretty weird. Pretty weird. Pretty weird it, stuff. Uh, I don't know why they'd name it Jesus. Is it just using the name, or is it? It's not based on. <laughs> It's not it could based be on Jesus. I don't know. Christ. Okay. Man, I would now I wish it were just Jesus <laughs> fighting bio monsters, but it looks like just a fella named Jesus out there doing his best. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Oh, I, well, I I don't know. I still want it. You can't sway me. I still want it. I uh, yeah, Gretchen got that game like in cartridge form. This is back in like ye olden days, back in like 2005 2006 oh, something like that. Odd five wow yeah like way back in the day so yeah that, that was a fun find and and that was back when like there's no information on the game on the internet so you're just sitting there like with this japanese game in your hands called jesus you're just like all right well i have <laughs> just... something else to look for at too many games now <laughs> there you go there you go yeah, there you go find, you and your segues man yeah well you know i do yeah Big podcast guy. You going to do this uh, next email here? You know, I'd love to. Also, announcement. This coming in fresh off the press. Uh, uh, very cool guy, Mike. Also going to be at Too Many Games. Folks, there's no reason not to go. Oh, very nice. Video games are great, aren't they? They bring us joy. They make us feel emotions. They remind us of our humanity. And in those ways, they change lives. I'm Caleb J. Ross, co-host of the Tales of the Lesser Medium podcast and author of the new book, Suddenly I Was a Shark, My Time with What Remains of Edith Finch. Suddenly I Was a Shark, My Time with What Remains of Edith Finch is an in-depth examination of my favorite video game of all time, What Remains of Edith Finch. It's got some developer interviews, personal anecdotes, and a few structurally intentional dabs of humor goo to stick it all together. Right now, you can buy my book, my seventh book, by the way, which is crazy to think about, but I think my best book, 
Suddenly, I was a shark. My time with What Remains of Edith Finch at Amazon.com for a print version, or Kobo, Barnes & Noble, or Amazon for ebook versions. And if you, like me, love signed books, you can even buy a signed copy of Suddenly I Was a Shark, My Time with What Remains of Edith Finch by going to calebjross.com forward slash signed. That's my website, calebjross.com forward slash signed. Signed as in signed book. It makes sense. You get it. Now, back to the show. All right. Uh, this one is from, uh, I'll just go ahead and call it out because he references an episode he was on. This is from our pal Burger Champ. You might recall him from episode 94 about said year, 1994. Title of the email is From CD to VG. Boys, it's been too long. Last we spoke was when we were all in the studio recording the 1994 episode Face to Face. Which, by the way, <laughs> Rory, I want to tell you, that's a lie. Didn't happen. Anyway, back to Burger. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say real quick at me. <laughs> <laughs> the way he writes this make it so- makes it sound like you guys were face-to-face back in actual 1994. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like sitting and talking at like a kitchen table or something. But yeah. That would have been... Yeah, that would have been fun. We should uh, we should have a studio. Uh, <laughs> but he does go on to, to add to the, uh, the lore here. He says, glad to see the Polymedia private playing got us all home safe and sound. Speaking of sound, video games have been inspiring musicians for decades. From Buckner and Garcia to Dragon Force, people have been putting down the controller and transferring that experience to the recording studio. But what if we flipped the script? Now, mm. yes, this is going to be good. Now, if you look on the back of that script, laying on the floor, you'll see that I've written the following exercise. Pick a song or album and use it to inspire you to create a game. Not a Beatles rock band or a Corn Presents Just Dance 2031, <laughs> which, by the way, I would I would Google that fucking hard and buy it. I would, <laughs> another thing to look for at TMG. Anyway, <clears throat> so none of that. Uh, no Just Dance knockoffs, no, no rock band knockoffs, or any other rhythm game, but a game wholly based on an album or song. I don't expect you to reach the high highs of something like Revolution X or Journey Escape, but I do expect an elevator pitch of the type of game Visual aesthetic, genre, plot, and a brief description of the gameplay. Can't wait to see what you come up with. Well, my time here is running out. I must return to development of my own game inspired by a popular music act, Leonard Skinner's Flight Simulator. Yeesh. Good night and good luck, Burger Champ. Jesus. You know, at least he didn't go John Denver there. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> eh, fair. At least uh, some of some of the Skinnered made it out. But yeah. man, what a great what a great idea, man. Burgers he's got a knack for this kind of thing. He'll he'll yeah. email a podcast and yeah. and give you something awesome to chew on. Do you have an answer? Do you have a song or did he does he give the option for album? Yeah, an album or song that you would make into a video game well this answer makes me think of what radiohead did a few years ago i think it was just a couple years ago um with the kid a amnesia exhibition where you got to walk around you know i I, i'm not sure if it was virtual reality that's not what we did but we just wandered around in like uh ps5 like through the the album artwork and it was the coolest thing ever. I, 
you know, it's it's when when it's described to you, it's it's one of those things where it's easy to roll your eyes like, oh, you get to walk through. The... But when you actually <laughs> do it, it's like this is really fucking cool. Like this is it's incredibly immersive. You have the music in there too, fading in and out from different you know channels and stuff like that, and weird sounds coming in and characters and NPCs that show up and say things, and it's just a really fascinating experience um yeah but as far as like uh yeah if you haven't seen that it's it's really a fascinating piece of art um but uh the thing that i i can't help but wonder what like an a katamari exhibition thing would be uh or at least a uh a katamari uh it's that that's the one that gives me the biggest disconnect because it's like uh, uh I, I i you can't help but think of the music when you think of the game oh what right if, yeah what what if the game were the you know what if you flip those things that's that's the first place my mind goes right so like what would be the katamari equivalent in music yeah sort of like, like what's the, like what's just the a ball yeah. rolling everything up and it's just bizarre and unpredictable and strange and it'd be like That'd a mr meatloaf, bungle right? album or mr what's bungle that? i was gonna say meatloaf or mr bungle you know <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> i like meatloaf too yeah that would work uh mr bungle <laughs> uh phantomus naked city something like that uh all sorts of like just crazy stuff that's that's where my mind goes i want to see like the craziest thing i could make as far as like a real product that would be like a big sort, you know, something like meaningful, artistic, that sort of thing, I have no idea. Like, imagine a video game based on like Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan, but it's like an indie game or something, you know? Right. the The thing that came to my mind first was uh, an escape room for a Man in the Box. And oh nice i love that's a great idea oh yeah that's and great the, the art aesthetic i'm, I'm imagining ah. something like you know made by emmy mcmillan because you know the the buried in your in your shit line kind of reminds me of the binding of isaac right so it's got like the kind of this like grody sensibility about it and uh you're yeah. just trying to to get out of this box and then the sequel uh down in a hole is just a bigger escape room <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a series at that point just and a series just... of alice in chain songs where you're in alice escape in rooms and then the third song is it's literally called alice in chains like the, the <laughs> that's allison. the boss yeah, yeah that's, well, the no, boss. that's final or that's final the uh, boss. yeah that's who you have to rescue is alice she's in chains you gotta you gotta go get her she's like you know princess <laughs> yep. peach she's, right she's in those chains that's a great Man, that was a good spark there. I think that's a good idea, too. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think if I could, because I feel like that one was too easy. That's the first thing that popped in my head. I was no, I think if I that's could... good. I think that would work. I'd, I'd freaking, I'd play the demo with that. <laughs> just the demo. You're like, yeah, this is, hey, I mean, just a little bit of Well, that. I mean, I, I'd try it out and be like, <laughs> all right, is this good? Then I'd then I'd get it. It's, it's it's up to you if if the game is good at that point. Ball's in your court. I, I think that should really be like a Camelot style RPG, like a Game Boy Advance kind of a thing where it's like you're a little Fred Durst, like Funko type pop looking thing. And you get to pick like your own backwards hat and you get to be like a, 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 a little mascot of your own little band, you know, and then you go and uh, you, you tell people off. And I love you know. that, man. I you know what? Now that you now that you've broken out the biscuit, you, you pop the seal on the biscuit. <laughs> 
we could uh yeah i could see them that'd be like a great racing series i feel like well, the biscuit you know roland's in there and yeah, yeah. Oh, Roland. Yeah, I, I, I think you could do a kart racing gang, but I think you can do also do like a Stardew Valley type thing where you start your own new battle band, and ah. uh, you you get to farm, you get to farm for like influences. <laughs> Sorry, that's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> See, you get to farm for like yeah. When when you farm, you find like here's lithium by Nirvana. Now you get to use this and rip off this. Rip off this riff and create a song. There you Here, go. Here's here's this thing. Yeah, you can use farming in Stardew Valley to to create a. I don't know. And it'd be it'd be difficult to license the music anyway, so you'd probably have to use knockoff riffs. So it would just it would yeah. kind of fit into its own ethos. <laughs> it's funny you say knockoff riffs. Remember that that brings back a memory of WCW back in the nineties. Hey, this is a nineties ass podcast after all. But um. Uh, remember when like Diamond Dallas Page, he had like his own entrance music. Yeah, and, self and it, high five, yeah. and it was like a shitty version of uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yeah, it was just like the chords reversed. That's what that game would be. That's all the music. Th- it would be just like <laughs> sound alikes of the same songs, but it would be like Diamond Dallas Page's entrance theme instead. That's real. I mean, you know what? It's funny. I never put together that the ddp and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and abbreviate it ddp uh intro music <laughs> was a ripoff of nirvana like i never thought of that connection but i it's just I tied, them, I tied them so closely in my head when you said it i was like oh yeah of course that's it's crazy backwards. i never even thought it's, yeah that's crazy it's the same song it's just the chords are are backwards every but... time i heard it i was like something sounds off about this but i never spent enough time thinking about it to know why not only that but chris jericho's theme back in the day when he first started in wcw his entrance theme was a ripoff of even flow so so go listen to that one too if, if you're if you're on a youtube binge of old wcw <laughs> entrance themes man now i'm thinking of what what would be a good pearl jam song for uh for a uh a, to be gamified you know you could be jeremy but that that gets dark <clears throat> Uh, you gotta go. I've seen it. I do. I do like that song. That's a good karaoke yeah. one for me. The uh, Still Alive song. Yeah, just that'd be just a game about you trying to find your dad or something. <laughs> Ooh, absolutely. <laughs> I think you just you combined like ten Pearl Jam songs into one there. <laughs> Or you sneezed. I couldn't figure out what you were doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, nerd voice working its way in there. Uh, ah. right. Well, uh, do we want to ease into some old 2011 topics as we, uh, we've we already done the emails? 2011 was was a year. <laughs> it, it was. It, it, it was a year. It, it happened. Believe it or not. I'm not sure I do. But uh, Momar Gaddafi. That whole thing happened, and I. the reason I point that out on our sheet here is because that was one of the first times I can remember seeing something like that on the news and making the parallel with, like, Louis the Sixteenth, King Louis the Sixteenth, you know, like the French Revolution and, like, that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, wow, this is happening in real time. This This guy is getting deposed right now. This entire country is revolutionized. You know, everything is happening right now. This is like, 
I don't know. I, I was fascinated by it. I was one of those news stories that really got me. Um, I was really into history at that time. So, all right. Also in uh, 2011, Occupy Wall Street. I gotta say, they did it. They did it. They brought they brought <laughs> economic equality to all of us, and it's been great ever since. Well, it was the first uh, protest that I ever saw up close on a daily basis because at this point in my life, I was working in downtown Minneapolis, um, taking the train, the light rail to work. Um, and I saw these people everywhere, like all over the place in the Skyway. If anybody listening knows Minneapolis, they know about the Skyway. And um, these people were there, like, <laughs> especially over like by the train stations and stuff. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of those folks were like really passionate about what they did, but a bunch of them were just like, oh, here's some place to like hang out for a second. <laughs> it's like they weren't really doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, so it's, it, it was one of those things where, uh, I, I do remember, uh, a really strange moment where the, when the, when the movement first started, um, you know, people were out like doing the typical protest thing with signs and chants and stuff like that. And the building where I was working was literally going over to the window to look down. And they were like, there were some brief moments of like people going like, look at those people down there. Look at them. Ha 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 ha. And it really kind of made me nauseous a little bit. Yeah. You can't help but feel like, like, what are you doing? What are you, like, a, a, a lord of, like, a, a piece of land back in the 1600s or something? Like, go fuck yourself with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's so awful. Like, yeah. shut up. Man, I'm glad we got all that settled. Man, got those equal wages now. Thank God for Occupy Wall Street. They did it. Yeah, yeah that's where you wipe off your hands <laughs> and just dust yourself off and be like, yeah. We did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> we did it. We did it. Thank God. That's over with now. But Osama got got, got him. Yeah, but he got his ass. Got his ass. That was that was a cool-ass moment, though, wasn't it? Dude, The all of the, uh, the SEAL Team 6 uh, yeah. sort of like... I don't know. I I don't want to call it hero worship because that makes it sound degrading. But it like was cool to imagine those guys being badass. Like we we've, we've been playing video games like this for years, and to think like, oh shit, this shit happens. That's crazy. Was I know right? Was wild. That's I, my mind went to, to this exact same spot where it's like this shit happens, and they they did. It's like that's that's some real hero shit right there. Yeah, that's what they fucking did. Pretty cool. Uh, 3ds came out. You get you got a DS now. Uh oh, yeah, you got 3ds. What are you gonna do with that? What What did you think of the 3DS when it came out? Uh, I played it at a kiosk at a Best Buy, and I was like, "Nah." I didn't think the gimmick yeah. was strong enough, and I wasn't really that into it. But I have one now. Yeah. Now that you know, I have the back catalog of games to to pillage through. It's okay. But at the time, I wasn't that stoked. I felt like the DS was releasing so many iterations of itself that it didn't feel different enough. It was like the DS, the DSi, the DS Lite, the new DS, the 3DS. I was like, "Is it different? Is it what is it going? What is yeah. it?" It was Nintendo leaning into its inner Sega at that point, because it's like Sega CD, Sega 32X, Sega Sega this, Sega Saturn, Sega you know that's like a million Sega Sega Game Gear, million different things, <laughs> right? And then uh, put them all together and make like the Mega Zord. Put them all together at these at the exact same time. Oh my yeah. god, dude! I wish they had the like the Genesis 
the 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 Sega CD the um the 32x you know they got that monstrosity if you could fit the Game Gear on it too and call it the Mega Sega Zord <laughs> oh my God they missed out they could have partnered with the Power Rangers really done a really cool deal with that yeah that needs to be a Halloween costume for somebody <laughs> right then you just like set it up in the living room and fight it. Like, that's just how big it is. <laughs> Make it one of those, like, dummy, like, boxing <laughs> things. You just fight it because it looks really scary. Yeah, but, that'd uh, be awesome. Um, yeah, 3DS. Um, yeah, I'm with you where there was too much stuff. I think Nintendo, especially in this era, we, we already mentioned how the Wii U was a terrible name. I think the 3DS was a terrible name, too. Yeah. Because it, re- it really was, like... Okay, you have a 3D gimmick, fine. Uh, uh, if it takes off, it takes off. If it doesn't, then that's bad job by you. But the thing is, is that uh, it's it's a po- a more powerful system. Like you can play stuff like you know, compare Bravely Default, for example, like just off the top of my head, or Mario Golf on 3DS to to like a regular SDS game. It's it's a more powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, handheld system like it's i don't think it got enough credit for that uh no i agree is 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 my point yeah i i absolutely agree and now now that i have one i appreciate it but at the time i don't know if i just wasn't in the mood for another handheld or the marketing didn't speak to me maybe it spoke to a younger audience i'm not sure but i completely did not care about it at the time i got one for my birthday (laughs) birthday present in 2011 awesome yeah. Oh, nice. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, let's see. You've been shitting with it um, ever since, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, that's uh, a good Star one. Fox 64. Uh, uh, Link Between Worlds, when that came out, that was a great one. Oh, that's solid. Yeah. Um, and plus, you can catch up with all the DS stuff that you missed out on. That's right. So, yeah, you can just. Uh, I, I loved it. I I really got into it. Uh, I really got into the uh, Mario Kart 7. When that came out, the online uh, races, w- there's something to be said for when maybe if, if, and I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you can relate to this, send us an email because I want to hear from you. When there's a new first party popular game and you get in on that, multiplayer you know uh i guess what would you call it like a multiplayer like uh worldwide web like online mode i guess i don't know uh when when, like for example for mario kart like Mm -hmm. when you when you first get mario kart and you first get on there and you first start racing it's like all right i am one of the best racers in this game right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and and you try like hell to like maintain your status for like weeks and weeks and months and months. You know what I mean? Like, it's really fun to like just do a deep dive into that. And I think Mario Kart in particular, that's what I did with the 3DS Mario Kart, Mario Kart 7. And I don't know like what my ranking was or anything like that, but... I was, that's all I was playing for like three straight months. So that's awesome. It's that's always fun I, to get on the, the ground floor of a game like that. That takes it, exactly get on the ground floor. Exactly. Yeah. And especially a Nintendo made game. I mean, you're going to be, 
you're going to be right there with the thick of all the the gaming world's hoopla, right? Everyone's going to be jazzed about it. So it's it's a cool wave mm. of momentum to ride while you're like addicted to the leaderboards and yeah, I I whiffed on all that. Uh and then 2011, 11 11 11 in fact. I was uh I was in line at a Walmart on uh 11 10 11 <laughs> uh to get Skyrim from uh at midnight. I was I was pretty jazzed about this. I don't know if you leading up to it had any affection for Elder Scrolls games, but I had played Oblivion uh, a year or so before this. That's like the only time I've ever gotten in line at midnight to get a game. I took the next two days off of work, and I probably sunk, I don't know, like 60 hours into it before I even went back to work. It was my life for a good chunk of time, and I... I feel like I lived in it. In fact, I played it so much then, like I'm, I get sick thinking about it now because I put so much time into it. It's like eating too much meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. So, what is it about this game? Like, what, what, what do you remember going through your head when you first, when this first oh comes out? Gosh. Like, what, what got you excited about it? Man, you know the Bethesda and the open world games. There's they they get a lot of flack for a lot of the jank and the bugs. But the the ambition of these games, it's amazing to me when I think about Skyrim that it ever came out because I'm like, man, how do, how many people does it take to build a world like this? Now, I know there's been bigger and greater games since, but like at the time, it was unbelievable. Ugh, hours of exploring. I didn't give a shit about the main quest. Um, I just loved poking around and seeing what all I could discover. And it was one of those games where, you know, all right, I got to go to bed. <laughs> but let me uh, let me go toward the next thing I see out in the distance. I want to explore like the next thing real quick. Like that's going to be my, the last thing I'm going to do. And then you get there, and then out in the distance you see another thing, and you're like, well, maybe I'll ch- maybe I'll go check that out real quick. And then then I'll go to bed. Let me go check that out. And then I'll go to bed. And then you know, there's fights along the way. You uncover all of these quests while you're at. So yeah, I it's that sounds awesome. Uh, I I I can understand why. Uh, everybody wants to copy that format you know now we've got sonic that wants to do open world now we've got zelda that wants to do open world now we want mario odyssey is pretty much it's kind of it's it's, yeah. it's mario version of open world but you know it's it's become the new standard for open world like remember back when grand theft auto 3 first came out and then it was Oh yeah, uh, that was kind of the standard. Is like this is how open world should should be done. Before that, it was Mario sixty four. So it's always evolving. But this was like another like watermark of Skyrim was like another like this is what the standard is. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Oh, and I didn't even bring up the coolest sh- fucking dragons. dragons. Oh, not only that. Then you could ride them. <laughs> dragons that show up out of the sky. And then you've got people making mods that make those dragons sound like Macho Man Randy Savage. Like, are oh, you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> like, that's the greatest. Yeah, dude. And I, I got to shout out my, my buddy Briz, who this is like his favorite game of yeah. all time. He's a big Bethesda fan. Loves Skyrim. He just he loves starting a new character and then playing for like, you know, six hours and then and like, there's something about the character creation and like the start, like, you know, coming up with a new build or whatever that I think he's into. But what's funny the other day, we were playing a completely different game. 
Uh, I don't remember what game we were playing. But he said, you know, that voice reminds me, you know, that NPC in Skyrim on this certain mission where she says this. I'm like, dude, only you have memorized the NPC dialogue from Skyrim. Like, I would not know this. <laughs> this is this is a reference that you have in your head. I can't share this moment with you. I'm very sorry. But uh, the, the guy just recently beat Skyrim, maybe for like the first time. I don't know. Uh, after playing it for like 12 yeah. years. So there's a lot to do in it that you can play it for 9,000 hours and not beat it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think like what other game was like Skyrim before Skyrim other than other other Elder Scrolls games and Fallout. and Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are. I don't think Bethesda like invented that. The point is, is that Skyrim was the big leap. Like that was the big the point where like everything else kind of was was ready to be led by example at that point. Yeah, and it's also one of the few times that a game that had that much anticipation for it delivered. Yeah, that's true too. You know, you have. Yeah, and you have things like Elden Ring, obviously, you know, and there's maybe a smaller subset of fans into that because the Soul series is kind of exclusive by its difficult nature. But, you know, Skyrim being probably a much more accessible game that was super duper hyped. And then it came out and like, I mean, not that it doesn't ever happen, but for one, number one, a Bethesda game and an open world game. Yeah, it was it was a cool time. Cool time to be into games. Right on. Uh, do you have access to the listener questions? Thing. Do you want to ca- tackle a couple of those? Uh, I can pull it up real quick. And yes, I have it open now. Look how quick I am. You oh, shit, fast mat- man. Uh, do you want to read the first three? Sure. Uh, so some of these aren't questions. Just read them out. Yeah, just read them out. Uh, all right. First one here is from DG, uh, DGF Tarden. says, happy random holy day. Yeah, buddy. Not holiday. Yeah. Holy day. No, just holy day. Just like whatever day. Uh, today is uh, that we're recording. It is June 21st. And so it is happy summer solstice. Is is summer a solstice? Oh, I think so. And uh, very recently, Juneteenth. So, yes, happy oh, pair yes, of that's holidays true. to you, yeah, DGFT. D- D- Arden. Thank you for happy uh random holiday uh then we got dense dense towel 4230 you could read more emails and talk less about the 1992 twin season just a thought <laughs> i disagree with your criticism i want to talk God about ass. the twins in 92 we had chuck Knobloch. we had still a kirby oh man oh got you Got your ass. Uh, next up, we got Blade Brown eighty three forty two. Are these names uh, made in the lab? Uh, where's your review of the Three Stooges on the NES you promised in two thousand and eight? Did you have a channel in two thousand eight, Trav? That I didn't know about. One, I don't think this is for me. This is from your community page. Well, and, I, and two, <laughs> I, I I don't. I didn't have a channel then, so I don't know. So you've never promised no. these lovely people some Three Stooges? No. All right. Well, I don't think I did either. So I don't know who who are you talking to, Blade Brown. I, I, I Blade Brown. I, I think it's a bot. It got to be a bot. Probably a bot. All right. And, and then we've got uh, Bill Cook forty seven sixty eight saying, "What NES slash SNES games make for a good drinking game? What do you got?" Uh, Jeopardy. Every time, or I guess Super Talking Jeopardy. Every time they uh, they do the wet sounding clap, you got to drink. 
<laughs> Seriously, I, 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 what I want as a long-term goal for the Nest Friend channel for you, Trav, <laughs> is for people to Google wet-sounding clap, and the first result <laughs> is going to be your video about that Jeopardy game for NES. What an honor that would be. That would, I would be, feel like I, I think that's your own to the internet. I think that needs to happen. Oh, man. Let's do it, folks. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it, we folks. Can... Come on. Google all those things to make those yeah. things happen, please. Forget Wall Street. Let's occupy wet clap. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Last year, the, this, is, this makes it even five. Uh, last, we got... Barney15 says, was the failure of the TG-16 in the West something that you both think was inevitable, or was there a way that console could have ever succeeded outside of Japan? Is that a console that either of you have any interest in or have or have delved into the library at all? This is a hard one for me to read for some reason. What are your thoughts on the TG-16 slash PCE meaning PC engine. What mm -hmm. are your thoughts on that particular thing? I like that was another, you know, years ago that was a curiosity for me. I wasn't that familiar mm. with it. I I like it. I think it's pretty good. I don't know uh how it could have succeeded outside of Japan other than I don't know, maybe better mark. I have no idea. I don't know what they did wrong. I haven't really looked into it, <laughs> but um it's, I, I guess they didn't really have like a system selling game. Now that I think about it, there's Bonk and, but they're all great, but like nothing, nothing that sort of uh, transcends. Uh, you know, we, we're not talking yeah. about mascots from the TurboGrafx-16 to this day. Well, when it comes to stuff like that, it's like it feels like the market was already filled with two systems, like SNES and Genesis. So if you're the TG-16, what do you got to do? You got to do something to stand out, and they didn't do any in a, enough to stand out. Whether that was with their console or their games or with through technology or something like that. So, that's... yeah. And I guess what's kind of crazy is that it came out in, you know, it was a 16 bit console that came out in the late 80s. I think it released in like 87 in Japan. Yeah. So it kind of like, you know, it was, it was a, I guess you could say, a bit ahead of its time in terms of certain aspects of it. But yeah, I never even, you know, I was probably in college before I heard about the TurboGrafx-16. Like, it didn't have a presence at all, where, not not only where I grew up, but just in pop culture. I mean, in a certain sense, like, why would it? Like, it had no reason to, <laughs> so who cares? Right, yeah. 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 But uh, I have a few games for it. I enjoy it all, all right. The games are way too expensive uh, they to are. collect for, though. Yeah. Unfortunately. Too bad. Yeah. Well, I is that going to wrap us up? I think that's going to wrap us up. All right, folks. Uh, well, first of all, Alex, thanks for allowing me back on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, nah, you're not allowed back on yet. We're we're gonna still. We're, you're still under probation. Uh, Sorry. Well, buddy. I do. Ha I do have to share one thing from uh, yeah. from my vacation. That's going to. Uh, I don't know if it, maybe maybe I'm selling things now. Maybe I'm marketing. But I was sitting out on our our balcony uh, at the beach. We went to uh, this beach a little bit south of Myrtle. It's called Garden City Beach. Right, and uh, we have a, a sixth floor uh, balcony in this resort, right on the beachfront. It's kind of nice. I'm there with my mother-in-law, my wife, my kid. They all go to bed pretty early, so I'm just out on the patio, you know, reading a book, uh, hanging out, just enjoying some fresh air, taking it easy. And uh, I got my my Google Pixel buds in my ear. Now, I just recently I got some like Google Pix or Google, uh, I don't know, like bonus 
account money so I, I could like buy something from the Google. So I don't know how I got it, but I did. So I bought some Google Pixel uh, Buds. Very nice earbuds, fit right in the old ear holes. They do great. They're just like any other earbuds, except these are just expensive for some reason. So I'm hanging out, and I'm listening to you know some shit, uh, and then I go to scratch my ear, and my left one, which by the way is not facing the balcony, but my left ear facing the the resort wall. Uh, I scratch that ear, the earbud falls out, somehow comes goes across my body and off the balcony. I don't know, it fucking sprinted to its death. I don't know what happened. I was like, what the fuck? It's dark out there. I'm like, there's no way that went off oh, the edge. Oh, man. Oh, that's terrible. Right? I pull out my phone. I got my phone flashlight. I'm looking for it. I'm like, shit, that thing fucking, it bounced and then took a hard turn east and went straight for the ocean. So now I'm like, all right, fuck, I got to go down and look for it. So I go down because I can't see anything off the balcony. Six floors is pretty fucking high. So I go down and uh, the the pool area, which is where it fell, is close. So I got to do a heist. I got to lump. I got to jump over <laughs> fences and, and snoop around like I'm breaking into a pool for some reason right. by myself. Got my phone flashlight out. It looks like Watergate. Like I'm just looking for <laughs> I'm looking for this earbud from a distance. People are like, oh, shit, they're breaking into the Democratic. Oh, God. So. <laughs> I look around, I don't see it anywhere, and behind me there is a pool, and I'm thinking, there's no way, there's just no way it bounced out of my ear, did what it did to fall off the balcony, and then jettison its way 34 feet this way and go into the pool. But I go over there, and sure enough, it is in the dead center of the pool, at the <laughs> oh, very bottom. No. And I'm like, fuck it, I came this far, dude, I gotta get it. So You went and I, got I, it? I strip. I get down into the pool oh, after dark. No, no, no security. I get my earbud out. Rescue it. Take it back up. Let it sit in a paper towel overnight. You actually got it. How long did it take you to get it? I mean, I I just I jumped in the water as fast as possible. Swam down. Grabbed it. You grabbed it once. It took got you back one- up. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was only like okay. Maybe that's five that's six slick feet deep. Because I've lost my keys at the bottom of the pool, and it took me like two hours to get them back. I'm surprised I even found it. When I saw it, I thought it was a little pebble from okay. the beach. I was like, well, that's probably not it. That can't be my okay. That can't okay. be my earbuds. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But sure enough, it was. I go down there. I get it. I let it sit overnight. I'm I'm kind of bummed about it. Again, I, I got these kind of for free, but like they're expensive and nice. And now what am I going to listen to all vacation? My wife? So, uh, uh, just kidding. <laughs> but I do, I do uh, check it out the next morning. Fucking works fine. All right. Yeah. So, folks, if you're out there, if you'd like to drop something from 60 feet into the bottom of water and it survives, yeah. man, shout out to these fucking things. That's a hell of an endorsement and a great story. I wish they had, you know, endorsed the podcast, maybe give us some bucks, but that's okay. Uh, all right. Well, that will uh, wrap us up here. So, um, I forgot how we end these things. Man, it's been you a while. Read Let me pull up the, the sheet script again. is what you do. You uh, say, all right, everyone, it. that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. Polykill. Uh, or I'm sorry, Polly to me. <laughs> you know what? I got it. I got it. Uh, uh, you can go to polymedianetwork.com. We've got more shows over there. You can check them all out. I won't list them all here because it takes forever, but check them all out. we got some great funny shows what? over there. You can, you can send an email to the show, although we just got a new influx in, so you have to get in line, but you can always do it at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a subreddit for our network, even though, you know, we had Twitter. Uh, we have our Twitters that kind of fell uh, into ruin. Now Reddit's kind of doing the same thing. But hey, if you want to pop in there to the subreddit and hang out with us, that's fine. You can do that. Uh, and uh, th- I think that's all I'm going to say. I think well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it just goes without saying that, like, when you do things like this, when you do things like a drunk frame podcast when you do things like a polymedia network things are eventually going to fall into ruin occasionally mm-hmm. okay there's that's, right. that's just how it is 
But if you're not interested in sending us an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and a review and tell us how much you like us or how much you think we're mediocre or how much you think mm. we're terrible on a podcast app of your choice. And that'll help us out big time. Big time. You can uh, find us on, so you can still find us on social media. I'm at Travel Plays Games, Alex, of course, at Snestrunk. Oh, and yeah, the, the tracking. You threw me off there because you did that so fast. The track, the track that you're uh, apparently hearing right now is composed by our friend Cooler, and it's called Electric Star Bombs. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzfeed Podcast page. Shout to Josh Leslie for his best costume plays. It is, yeah, yeah. That was good enough, right? Yeah. Good I enough. think so, yeah. I, re- I remember you said uh, it's easier if you say Joshua Leslie. Oh, okay, so Joshua just, Leslie, uh, thirst-quenching yeah. logo. Joshua Leslie, thirst-quenching logo. Yes, I see the cursor there, Joshua I was say, don't say it three times, he might appear. <laughs> uh, be sure to catch uh, us on YouTube, uh, and thanks for listening. Fine, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye. Oh, I can't <laughs> say that damn damn. I can't. Can't. Can't.